And Devon said that he was preparing, and in the afternoon, the Lord just took the wheel and he just like pulled it sideways, and he ended up sharing a message on the Holy Spirit. And it was an incredible teaching by Mike Davies, point for point, with all the verses, like an amazing, amazing teaching on the person of the Holy Spirit. So I knew I was done for. Uh, I can't even, that's, we're not even going to go close to that. Um, but the more I was praying, the more I was spending time with the Lord, the more he was saying that he wants to do something extremely specific with regards to intimacy um, with us here today. And so I don't want to, I'm very wary of teaching about Jesus and not teaching together with Jesus. <coughs> so I, I just want to share the things that the Lord has put on my heart. Yeah, um, so a little pop quiz. Can you think of the first time that the Holy Spirit is mentioned in the Bible? Does anyone want to answer, brave and answer? Genesis. Genesis 1, okay. Who of the Trinity is mentioned first in the Bible? Another question. The Spirit, okay. So if you could please put up Genesis um, 1. So it says here, and B, this is for you. Where are you, B? So this morning in the prayer meeting, she's like, oh, I was reading Genesis 1 this morning, in the beginning. And I'm like, okay, thank you, Lord. Uh, so <laughs> in the beginning, God. So the word there for God is Elohim. It's like a way of saying the triune God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. All were there in the beginning, and they together created the heavens and the earth. Okay? So in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Did you create the heavens and the earth? Are you sure? You get a second chance? Are you sure? You didn't create the heavens and the earth? Okay. God created the heavens and the earth because God is the creator, okay? And in your life, God has given you a responsibility to create. But I'm going to give you a little warning. In, I didn't give you this, so sorry. But 2 Chronicles 2 verse 6, this is what... King Solomon says, when he has built one of the most beautiful looking temples the world has ever seen, and he's finished building it, and he's standing in front of it, and they've just offered sacrifices, and he's looking at it, and, he, and the plans for the temple have been given to him by God. There is an incredibly large amount of gold throughout this temple. There's been wood that was imported from other lands, okay, to build this temple, and this is what King Solomon says. He says, but who can really build him a worthy home? Not even the highest heavens can contain him. So who am I to consider building a temple for him, except as a place to burn sacrifices for? He says, all his efforts, all this culmination of nations to build this temple, all it amounts to is burning sacrifices to God because even the highest heavens can't contain God. 
God didn't just create the earth. He created the heavens. Okay? I have a question for you. Do you want things to be built with eternity in mind at your job, your relationships, okay, your ministry? Do you want things to be built with eternity in mind? The answer is let God build it. Let God do the building because he is a builder. He knows how to create. He knows how to build, okay? The thing is this, how in the world do I let God do the building? I'm so used to building myself. And you know what happens? If I build something, I can say the same thing as King Solomon. You know, all of my big efforts, it actually means very little in the big scheme of eternity. If I want things in my relationship, in my family, in my work to last for eternity, there's one way to do it. It's like this. God, I have no idea what I'm doing, Lord. God, help, please, Jesus. Help, Lord. That's how you build for eternity. In complete dependence on God. Okay? So, to give you a picture of what this looks like in a relationship. Last night, my wife says, I'm sorry. I, I prepped her on this, so she, I'm not throwing her under the bus. I told her I'm going to throw her under the bus. Okay? So, <laughs> so last night, um, my wife says, babe, you've been so loving tonight. You're not stressed out. What's going on? <laughs> Ten minutes before that, we're having dinner. And she's busy eating soup. And she's making these noises. And I'm like, oh, Jesus. Oh, Lord. Oh, no. What is going on, God? She's making all these crazy sounds while she's eating. Oh, Lord. And normally I'm fine, but when my flesh starts kicking in, and this is what happens, okay? I'm like, everything starts irritating me. Like, God, help, God, you see the darkness in my heart, Lord. Please forgive me. Cleanse me, Jesus. Give me your love, Lord. And so I died a little bit last night. Um, and Jesus Christ was alive for a moment. And she saw that. She didn't see me dying. She saw Jesus being alive. So this is, how, this is how you build for eternity in everything, okay? Okay, so the next, the next one. If you try and build without God and you don't let God build, you are going to stand in front of God and all those things that you put so much effort and time into is going to get burnt up. This is a reality. So stop wasting your time, please. Live your life in dependence on God. There's no other way to live life. He is life. You need Him, okay? This, I don't even know which verse it is. Can you please put Genesis up again? I don't know if we're going to get past Genesis. I had a lot more, but last night I was praying and the Lord was just like laying stuff in. So, okay. The earth was formless and void. The Jewish word there for formless is tohu. Can you say tohu? Not tofu, tohu, okay? Tohu. So tohu means formlessness, confusion, unreality, emptiness. 
the earth was formless, okay? The earth was void. Void means, in, uh, in Hebrew, it's bohu. Bohu is, a good way to kind of poetically describe it is an undistinguishable ruin, okay? This is what the earth was like. And it says here, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And this isn't a darkness like someone turned the lights off. This is darkness in every way that you can imagine. There's darkness. And it says here, and the spirits, this, the word for spirit there is ruach, the breath of God. Now, I want you to think of this. When do you feel someone's breath? Besides when you're on the bus, like the My City or something, and they're like breathing down your neck, and you're like, oh man, did you brush your teeth? No. If you, if you have someone that you love, and you're really, really close to them, you can feel their breath, their breath on you, okay, blowing onto you. If you want to walk in intimacy with God, it requires a closeness. It's something very special that God wants to do. When His Holy Spirit comes, we can pray for the power, all of those things, but if we don't have Jesus Himself, it means very little. If we don't have the Holy Spirit, the breath, God's breath was over the, the darkness, over the deep. And what we were singing in worship is incredible. And Nadine, what you shared, that the darkness inside your life, the chaos, the confusion that no one else knows about, that you even hide from God, the Spirit of God, it's not a strange thing to Him. It's not like, oh wow, surprise, there's darkness in your life. He knows about it. And He is right there. He's right there, right there. He was there in the beginning. He's there with you right now. He's not far away from that darkness, and he's hovering over it, okay? He's right there. And the next verse, it says, God said, Elohim, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit said, let there be light, and there was light. That God said, that's such a great picture of Jesus Christ coming, the Word of God, and speaking and saying, into your darkness, let there be light. He does it. He knows about your darkness, and He wants to pour His light into your darkness, okay? Sometimes we can be very, very scared, and, oh, sorry, and then it's, the Bible says, and there was light. So when God says something, do you know what happens? Things happen. When he makes promises into your life, those aren't empty promises. They are powerful. God spoke and there was light. And it says, and they, there was light. God said, let there be light and there was light. Okay? Just add a word. That's it. Sometimes we can be scared of the Holy Spirit and think, Man, I'm so scared to surrender because he's going to ask me to go run across the road and speak to the garden guy and be like, do you know Jesus? Or he's going to tell me to walk down the streets in a place I don't know. He's going to take me on some wild adventure. Okay, this is how I feel. I don't know if this is how you feel. <laughs> okay, sometimes it can be intimidating, being vulnerable with the Holy Spirit, being vulnerable with God. And, but God, the Holy Spirit came and he brought order into chaos. 
He brought light where there was darkness. So I've got a question for you. If the order, the divine order and the light of God looks intimidating, looks scary and wild to you, then what do you think that your order, your version of structure, what do you think that that looks like to God? That looks like chaos. It's a very scary reality that within God, there's life. Outside of Him, what we normally experience is not life. It's not. You shared it now, Ian. Zechariah 4 verse 6. There's going to be a lot of quotes in this message, obviously. Uh, Zechariah 4 verse 6 says, Not by power or might, but by the Holy Spirit. So what does this mean? Just give up. Actually, just surrender, please. Stop trying to do things in your own ability because it means nothing. Nothing happens. Only destruction happens. It's only by the power of God, the Spirit of God, that there is life. Jesus fully trusted the Holy Spirit. He gave his life into the hands of the Holy Spirit. He trusted the Holy Spirit with his eternity, with everything. Hebrews 9.14. Thank you, Mike Davis, for this wonderful verse reference. Uh, it says, just think how much more the blood of Christ will purify our consciences from sinful deeds so that we can worship the living God. For by the power of the eternal Spirit, Christ offered himself to God as a perfect sacrifice for our sins. Jesus Christ surrendered his life into the hands of the Holy Spirit. He didn't do anything by himself or out of his own will. He did what I said early on. God, what do you want to do? Lord, I'm, it's so easy for me to do my own thing and get it completely wrong. What do you want to do, Lord? I want to live your life. I, so if you try and create, it's dust. But if you allow God to work together with you and you allow God to create things through you, those things will last for eternity. So, okay, here we go. Deep intimacy. I want you to think of this. Intimacy, and the, when you share your problems and your worries and your stresses and your fears and your, your wildest dreams, you don't share them with acquaintances. You share them with some, not even sometimes your friends. Someone that's very, very close to you. Everyone else, you say like, hey, how's it going? Yeah, good, thanks. Yeah, you. Yeah, good, thanks. Awesome. Yeah, how's the weather? Awesome. So that's how we normally talk to each other. But if you have someone that is very close, that's been walking with you for a while, you share not just, not just your failures, but your fears, your anxieties, things that bother you, okay? And God wants to have that intimacy with you. He doesn't want a surface level relationship with you. He wants something real and deep and sincere and honest. So here we go. This is the psalm that I was like, oh my word, I can't believe this is in the Bible. So I'm just going to read it for you. I'm not going to talk too much about it. So Psalm 88, verse 1 to 18. Uh, if you like have a Bible or a note or whatever, this is a very good time to make a note because there might come a time in your life when you're going to need this. Yeah. So it says, 
O Lord, God of my salvation, I cry out to you by day. I come to you at night. Now hear my prayer. Listen to my cry. For my life is full of troubles and death draws near. I am as good as dead, like a strong man with no strength left. They have left me among the dead, and I lie like a corpse in the grave. I am forgotten, cut off from your care. You have thrown me into the lowest pits, into the darkest depths. Your anger weighs me down. With wave after wave, you have engulfed me. You have driven my friends away by making me repulsive to them. I am in a trap with no way of escape. My eyes are blinded by my tears. Each day I beg for your help. O Lord, I lift my hands to you for mercy. Are your wonderful deeds of any use to the dead? Do the dead rise up and and praise you? Can those in the grave declare your unfailing love? Can they proclaim your faithfulness in the place of destruction? Can the darkness speak of your wonderful deeds? Can anyone in the land of forgetfulness talk about your righteousness? O Lord, I cry out to you. I will keep on pleading day by day. O Lord, why do you reject me? Why do you turn your face from me? I've been sick and close to death since my youth. I stand helpless and desperate before your terrors. Your fierce anger has overwhelmed me. Your terrors have paralyzed me. They swirl around me like floodwaters all day long. They have engulfed me completely. You have taken away my companions and loved ones. Darkness is my closest friend. That's so encouraging, hey? Wow. Yeah. So it was actually very encouraging for me, to be honest. Because when you hear things like this, you're like, wait a minute. You mean I can be real with God? You mean I can actually tell him, God, like, I'm struggling. Lord, I don't have it all together. I'm afraid. I, I, God, I don't know what to do. God, God, you can feel my pride. Lord, there's my pride again, Jesus. There's my conceit. Oh, God, help, Lord. You can be real with God. You can, and this is what he wants, a deep place of intimacy with him. Where you're not putting a shopping list before him, and that's okay. Where you're speaking to him. And not just about your, your visions and your dreams one day, the big things that he wants to do in your life the troubles that you have, the struggles, the failures, your deep insecurities, you can share those with the Lord. He sees them already. He knows about them. It's not foreign to Him. He's waiting for you to be real with Him. Last week, when we were in worship, it wasn't the right time, but I could feel the Lord's saying to my heart that He wants to share His heart with us. But first, He wants us to share our hearts with Him. He will never force his heart on you. He's gentle. He's kind. He's loving. He cares about you. He wants you to get to a place of relationship with him. He can be there for you and with you. Tony had this beautiful quote. Quotes by Tony. Um, We make ourselves random citizens to God. Or sorry, we make ourselves random citizens. I put that to God there. I put that there. But uh, <laughs> but w- we can sometimes say, God, no one sees me. Oh, God, I'm so far away. And, uh, you know what? Sometimes it's possible for you to actually put yourself into that place. 
And if Jesus himself had to come and stand in front of you, he would struggle to come in because you're not letting anyone in. And I would encourage you right now, God wants you to be vulnerable and real with him. He cares about you. Just try it. Take, this, take the floor out. Take the bottom out. Quotes by Jeremy. <laughs> Don't sit around the fire. It's nice to have a fire there. And you stand around the fire and it's warm. Okay? And then you step away from the fire and it grows cold again. Don't stand around the fire. Okay? Jump in the fire. Let the fire live inside you, inside your heart. God doesn't want you to just say hello to him. He wants you to live with him, to walk with him, to be with him. And Nadine, not quotes by Nadine, but we close. Um, I know we're on this kind of, I can feel the Lord is on this song of Solomon's. And I was reading this yesterday. Song of Solomon 8, verse 67. Are you there yet, Nadine, in your devotions? You are. Praise God. Okay. Um, Place me like a seal of your heart. Like a seal on your arm. The word there, seal, in Hebrew, is like a prison. That I would be a prisoner of love. Of God's love. For love is as strong as death. It's jealousy or passion as enduring as the grave. Love flashes like fire, the brightest kind of flame. This is the love that comes from God's heart. His heart is filled with love. It beats with love. Many waters cannot quench love, nor can rivers drown it. If a man try to buy love with all of his wealth, his offer would be utterly scorned. He would be worthless. You can't buy love. God gives it freely. And he wants to give you more love than you could ever imagine. That would literally change your life forever. You would never be the same person again. He wants to put inside you a fire and a love that's inside him. He wants to give you his heart. He wants to share his heart with you. He wants to take your darkness and exchange it for light, for his light. There's, um, so this is quotes by my wife. So when we were, when we were dating, she used to call me this uh, Gabonese term of endearment. So from her, her tribe, her Miene tribe, it's like part of the, the language. So the phrase is, I'm going to, sorry if I say this wrong, Oremiwami, Okay. I know, it sounds interesting. Uh, it means my heart. That you are my heart. And I feel like God's saying to us that we are his heart. Okay? But my question to you is, is God your heart? God himself, is he your heart? I, um, this, this week, I was cleaning up the garden and there were these trees that we cut down, olive trees. Olive trees burn like anything, hey, they're so full of oil, it's crazy. So I had this like fire going and I was just burning these big piles of sticks and dried leaves and stuff. And the more olive trees and things I just put in there, the more it just burns up. And I look back 
And after a day, these two giant piles of sticks and rubbish got consumed by like this little fire. And you couldn't see any of the stuff. It had turned to ash. It was gone. And God's love wants to consume the darkness, the trash, the rubbish in your heart. He wants you to open your heart to him so that he can come in and burn all the things that you're trying to hide away. He just wants to burn it away. And it's, you know, the, thi- the funny thing about a fire is you can never satisfy a fire. It's always hungry for more. And his love for you is always hungry. Always hungry. His heart is yearning for you. So we're going to end with this. Revelations 22, 17. And Warren, this is for you. I want you to hear the unity here. It says, the spirit and the bride say, come. Let anyone who hears this say, come. Let anyone who is thirsty come. Let anyone who desires drink freely from the water of life. Do you hear there that the spirit and the bride, we are the bride, they are in total unity. They're saying the same thing. They say, come, come. You don't know what you're missing. God has got so much more that he wants to pour out into your heart. So much more that he wants to do with your life. John, I think it's John 14 to, I don't know, it's, it's, it's in John 14. So it says that greater things, Jesus said greater things you will do. Like, thank goodness that the Spirit is coming, that I'm going so that the Spirit can come because greater things you are going to do. And, but that starts with a place of deep, deep intimacy. And it never leaves from that place. It starts and ends there. So I want to encourage you today. And we're going to hand over to him in a moment. If you have for a long time, you've had that rubbish in the backyard. You've had those trees. They were sitting there for two weeks before I started that fire. It became part of the landscape. And in one day it was gone. If you have rubbish there, old things, today, right now, you can bring them to the Lord. More than power and healing and deliverance, those are awesome things. But more than that, God wants your heart. He wants to give you His heart. And if you are, a a nice sign is, if you hold people at a distance, it's because you're holding God at a distance. When When you bridge the gap with God, all of a sudden, people will be very, very near. It'll be easy. It'll be easy to be intimate with people. Yeah, so let's pray. I'm going to hand over to you. So do you want to, yeah. Buddy, do you want to come up? So J- Jethro asked me to land the meeting. And so I was while I was listening, I was I was trying to check, is there anything that's not going to be well-balanced, that we need to balance out. Not because I don't trust him, but just to be a good co-pilot. And so in the beginning, I w- but then God started speaking about, very clearly about this is a, a partnership. You know, we, he's not talking about lazy Christians. You guys sit back, God does all the work. That's not how it works. It's a partnership. But then what struck me while Jethro was speaking is he just started name-dropping people. And he's talking about this person and that person and, and everybody else. And I suddenly got this sense of, 
is anybody jealous? Is anybody, like, you know, like when, when the prophet comes to town and you wear your red t-shirt and your red cap and you wave your flag because you hope that they see you and prophesy over you, but almost that sense of like, is Jethro going to have a story about me? What about me? Did I say something cool this week that he's going to use? And I felt like this jealousy growing, and it was this love jealousy because I, I, I know the people that Jethro is quoting, it's people that he spent time with. And there was a sense of God was saying, that's how I feel about you. Have you spent time with me? I want to have stories with you. I want to talk to, you know, when Job, when God says, have you seen my servant Job? That's how God wants to talk in heaven. He wants to say to the angels, hey, have you seen that person? And have you seen that person? Have you seen how they're all with me? And I felt like God was doing something. He wanted to stir up jealousy in us. And so I want to ask if you can all close your eyes. Like I said, there are visitors here today. And you know, even if I knew where all of you were with God, maybe I don't. But I first wanted to say, and, and Jethro made it very clear, and God spoke very clearly this morning. Everybody is welcome to be in God's family. God's desire, it says in Scripture, it is desire, it's his heart's desire, that everyone would know him, that everybody would be saved from hell and damnation. And so I don't want to miss a moment this morning. If there's anybody here this morning saying, I know of God, but I don't have a relationship with Him. I'm not one of His kids. If that's you and all the eyes are closed and nobody's looking around except me, I want to ask, if that is you, can you put your hand up so I can pray with you? Is there anybody here, I didn't want to miss the moment, saying, I need relationship. Okay, cool. Then I want to say that if we're all in God, if we're all children, then I want to ask you honestly, <laughs> how on fire are you? Just thinking about that olive branch now, and it's so funny because in, in the world, it talks about, you know, if you want to make peace with somebody, you extend the olive branch. And I know this is not the context of it, but there's that sense of, it's so funny that the example that Jethro has is of an olive branch being burnt up. And that's what we get to be. We get to be that expression of my life is yours, God. Here is my olive branch. You've given your heart to me and here's my olive branch to you to say, I am here for you. And then when we catch fire, it's not like one of those stubborn logs that you have to sit with for hours hoping that it catches, but immediately we catch because we're full of Him and then we're caught on fire. And so I wanna ask, if you sitting here this morning and you're feeling that you're struggling to catch fire, maybe there's something in your life that's causing you to struggle to catch fire. That's not what God has for you. God says it should be easy. Like Nadine was saying, it is an easy thing when we're in God's presence to catch fire. 
So I want to ask if that is you, if you if you feel in God saying, pour out your spirit, pour out more of your oil, give me more fuel that I can burn more brightly for you, if that's you, and maybe you're running well. This is not a question of, oh, I'm not doing very well in the Lord right now. Maybe you're running as flat out as you ever did, but you got that sense this morning of, but God, there's so much more. If that's you, if you've got that desire, will you stand with me? And we're gonna pray together. sense of I want to look back on my life one day and all I want to see is ashes <laughs> I just want to see like Paul writes I want to be poured out like a drink offering I just want to be consumed by the living God for his glory and then you guys can just hold out your hands and let's all pray together here I am God little old me I'm nothing special but I want to bring you glory will you use me God will you come and meet with me God will you pour out your spirit on me God in my despair and even in my joy I want to glorify you with everything that I have let me burn let me burn for your glory, God. Come and use me. Let the people around me see you. Be a spectacle through me, God. Yeah. So we're just going to land the meeting by just singing together to reinforce, to, to embrace what God is wanting to do. Sing this in prayer with me. Come be the fire inside of me. Come be the flame upon my heart. Come be the fire inside of me. Till you and I are one, come be the fire inside of me. Be the flame upon my heart, come be the fire inside of me. Till that you won't relent won't relent until you have it all my heart is yours you won't For there is love 
sing right to you. Father God, that you are faithful. Thank you, God, that you always show up. And I just want to pray right now, God, that as we, as we land the meeting, we don't land our relationship with you. As we, as we close the meeting, we don't close our hearts to you, God. But I want to pray right now that as you've shifted us this morning, that it won't be a momentary passing, God. But like... Like the disciples who met with you on the road, God. They said afterwards, did our hearts not burn? And they rushed back to fellowship. I want to ask, God, that we will burn for you, God. And that we'll use that to rush into fellowship. To rush into the streets to glorify your name. To show the people around us that you are real and you are alive, God. That you are not a private fire. You're not a contained, you're not a tame fire. 
but you're a wildfire that's going to pour out across Milnerton. You're a wildfire that's going to catch on the dry branches, God, that you're going to burn for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're going to close the meeting there, but if